Hi again, and welcome to another episode of the Government Transformation Show, the podcast for public sector changemakers. I'm Tim Coulthard, Community Director at Government Transformation Magazine, and my guest today is Ruth McGuinness, who is Data and AI Practice Lead at Kanos. Ruth's joining me to explore the ethical implications of AI. There are tremendous opportunities to harness the power of AI and emerging technologies into the way we design and deliver public services, and also into some of the internal operational processes within our government agencies. But it all needs to be done in a way that is ethical, doesn't build in bias, and maintains that ever-important trust between government and citizens. Ruth can explain some of the issues around that and also how those foundational pieces can be put in place so that organisations can build effective ethical AI programmes. Big topic, but hyper-relevant, so let's jump into that conversation right now. So Ruth, welcome to the Government Transformation Show. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Great stuff. And looking forward to having a conversation around AI and in particular considerations around ethics and how can we build a fairer technology as we move forward, as it takes hold across public sector. Great opportunities, but we've got to make sure we do things right, I guess. So we're going to drill into some of those aspects. But um, before we do, let's let's set the scene a little bit. If you could just explain to the audience about, I suppose, your current role at Kanos, how you're working with the public sector. Yes, happy to. So um, I lead the data and artificial intelligence practice at Kanos, um, which I'm delighted to do. Um, and I get to work with a really great team of data specialists. Um, ultimately, what we do is drive end-to-end data transformation for clients of the public sector. Um, so Kianos is quite well known in the public sector already as a digital transformation partner. And, you know, we've developed some really high profile digital services over the last few years, including the registered vote service, apply for a passport um, and the NHS app. I think most people don't realise that they've had a touch point with Kianos probably at some point, you know, in their lives. Um, but over the last five years, we've really tried to establish ourselves actually more specifically as a strategic data partner um, to public sector clients. And some of our data partnerships include with the DSA in the Home Office, NDEC in the National Crime Agency, Land Registry, Food Standards Agency, DSTL in the Ministry of Defence. Um, so it's really widespread across UK government. Um, and the work that we do ultimately there just depends on the data maturity of the individual organisations. But ultimately, the end goal is the same. We are supporting these organizations into becoming you know more data driven fantastic so given given the list of organizations that you reeled off there from from the big beasts of whitehall through to some of those arms length agencies i guess you've got some a nice range of perspectives on how government is using data where technology is sort of starting to gain traction so hopefully some of those will we'll tease some of those out as we go along so yeah as i said at the beginning um there's a particular focus obviously for this conversation around ai and ethical ai and that links obviously to the fact that you and kanos are hosting the discussion table at the forthcoming government data summit around ethical ai so i guess the obvious question is why is that a good fit for you why ethical ai is important to kanos yeah and kind of you know let me under like explain you know why why it is important so i mentioned earlier that we carry out kind of end-to-end data transformation and by that i mean the services that we undertake you know start from data strategy and architecture through to engineering in the data visualization and then you know at the end stage of artificial intelligence and machine learning and all of the trust 
and ethical considerations that are actually associated with delivering those services. And, um, you know, we see ourselves as a trusted partner that can solve the biggest data challenges for the public sector. And, you know, a big focus of our work, yes, includes working alongside public sector clients to build their capability, but it's also about helping them to understand, you know, the emerging data landscape and you know, the most emerging landscape in that, you know, in that stream of work is ethics, you know, ethics and trust. Um, and I think everyone would recognize that the opportunity for artificial intelligence to transform uh, public services is really well understood. It's well documented. It's often talked about, um, you know, it can be leveraged to make organizations more efficient, you know, to innovate, to improve citizen facing public services. You know, there's, there's loads of examples out there of where AI has been delivered to the public sector in, a, in, you know, in an exemplar way. And there's many of these on the KNOS website, which you can go and look at. Um, but any any as, that stand out that, that you would want to flag as kind of shining examples? Yeah, sure. So um, we delivered actually the first, um, what was first classified by GDS, Government Digital Services, an AI exemplar project, which was our risk rating um, program with DVSA, where we were trying to identify inadequate standards in MOT testing data. Yeah. So identifying anomalies in, in MOT test results, you know, and trying to therefore identify anomalies, you know, for the purposes of poor standards, but also fraud as well. Um, so it had a massive impact uh, in terms of service to the citizens and actually making the organization more efficient. And I think we're really actually quite proud of being the, you know, associated with one of the first exemplar AI projects in government. Um, and as more you know, organizations in the public sector go down the road of trying to leverage AI, um, some of the challenges associated with that are becoming you know, more and more notable. Yeah. <laughs> I think you know, people start out with great intentions you know, to explore AI, and I think reality hits sometimes. And some of the biggest challenges are data engineering, um, you know, simply just the technical steps actually required to make data readily available for training AI models. Um, you know, it, it, that is an, an insurmountable challenge. It can be solved with the right skill sets, you know, through leveraging partners like KNOS. Um, but the second challenge for the public sector is actually an evolving and quite immature governance landscape associated with AI uh, and the kind of ethical and privacy and even moral considerations that go along with the use of this as a kind of a, an emerging technology. Um, and you know, trust is trust in AI is mission critical to us at Kinos. Um, it's a subject matter that I'm really passionate about. That's why I'm, you know, sitting on the the, the kind of ethical AI discussion panel at the Data Summit. Mm. Um, I want the public sector to see us as a trusted partner and um, to help them through that evolving governance landscape. Um, and just to kind of close out, you know, the answer is just to say that we, you know this is more than just kind of a talking shop for us. We're really passionate about this and we've hired our first data ethicist. It's a new role in Kianos. It's, yeah, it's, it, it was actually, it was really difficult to hire for because actually the skill sets don't necessarily exist on the market. And it's, it's, a, it's a new role, I would say, in the UK. Um, and the purpose of that person as a data ethicist is to focus on understanding, evolving 
um, ethics guidelines and evolving governance policy for AI and actually to apply that to our programs of work and being a trusted partner to our clients to give them that degree of you know trust that we are considering this for you and we're safeguarding you and I think it's really important to have a dedicated person actually looking at that um, and we also have developed a governance framework for our AI programs which aims to safeguard the delivery of our you know digital services that are AI enabled in line with the national AI strategy um, and with a particular focus on explainability and bias considerations and we're piloting that framework right now with um, DSTL and the Ministry of Defence and um, we were awarded their AI partnership last year um, so effectively we want to ensure that we are seen as the experts in ethical AI and we want to put the right procedures in place to protect us but also our clients the citizens that use their services and to ensure that you know the technology is fit for purpose and sustainable so that kind of wraps up my interest mm, <laughs> in sitting you know in, in sitting on that table and I really can't wait to have a discussion um, mm -hmm. with others about it. Absolutely. And um, data ethicist is, is a fantastically 2022 kind of job title. Absolutely fascinating to hear these are the kind of roles that are emerging uh, in tech companies, but I guess increasingly in government as well. You know, that combination of the technical, the moral, the ethical, that's fascinating skill set. And that, as you said, maybe you have to grow your own or you have to invent it in order to make it happen. But it's it, it speaks to the importance of these kind of issues around the evolution of AI in public sector, I guess the private sector as well. Yeah, just to, just to kind of cut over you and say, I think we might have to grow our own. And it's a really yeah. interesting role because it's actually operating at the intersect of policy, technology, but also psychology, yeah. moral, you know, moral ethic policy technology. It's such an interesting role. Yeah. Um, and I think I think it's it was difficult for us to find that person. I can't wait until they, you know, actually come into the organization. And I think we will have to start looking at, you know, how do we actually mm. grow our own? Yeah. You know, because this is a role that didn't exist a no year doubt. ago. No doubt. At the vanguard of something completely different. So I can yeah. imagine I can imagine that has its challenges. So you, you mentioned some successful um use cases and, and that DVSA one is 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 rightly celebrated. And I think it's good to show that the, the AI is actually having an impact on people every day already. It's not just something lurking in the lurking in the darkness. Um, so in terms of that that wider use of AI in government, how, how and I realize we're sort of generalizing, but how do you think government organizations are currently balancing, I suppose, opportunity on one hand versus those moral and ethical concerns? Because um, it, it's a tightrope between optimizing and discovering new ways of doing things versus making sure that obviously that foundation that that contract of trust if you like between government and citizens remains in place there's nothing untoward and there's no you know trust doesn't erode because without that there's very little sort of to, in that relationship so how do you think that's sort of happening now and do you have a sense of what good looks like potentially yeah um so i think that public sector is approaching it with the right degree of careful consideration and um, I'd say what I mean by that is that I think many of the well-known AI projects in government have been operational efficiency focused mm. you know document review internal time savings focused you know we have a project with land registry where we were using um, NLP to you know review large documents you know, in a shorter amount of time than, you know, a human reviewer could, you know, these are kind of fairly safe programs where actually the 
potential ethical impact to citizens is low or basically zero, you know, when citizen data isn't actually involved. Um, and therefore, you know, it's, it's kind of low hanging fruit, low risk programs of work. Um, and I think that represents a large degree of the programs of work that we've seen coming out of government that are AI related. Um, and I think there's more opportunities that fall in that low impact ethical bucket that could be taken forward. I think um, the biggest opportunities for efficiencies, though, I think will involve citizen data. And there are the programs of work that require the most careful consideration, you know, and we're not seeing a huge amount of movement in that space. And I think that that's totally fair. Um, but we are seeing referenced in, you know, government procurement, trust, ethics, alignment, national AI strategy are being called out as mm -hmm. mandatory requirements for suppliers. So the maturity of government procurement is reflecting, I think, a desire to start to move beyond those kind of low impact programs work and starting to explore more complex, you know, where there are kind of citizen um, ethical considerations. Um, I think we're in such an interesting place right now that, you know, in terms of the opportunity landscape, as you mentioned, and the governance landscape. And I think over the next six months, we'll start to see maybe more examples emerging of what good looks like for an AI program that actually has broad ethical considerations. You know, and I would love to see those stories emerging, you know, without a negative lens, mm. you know, where we've seen, you know, kind of um, some government departments, you know, leveraging AI and it's coming out negatively in the press because, you know, it's there's a lack of understanding in terms of what they're doing. And I think I would love to see, you know, the positive stories of AI being used for for more complex programs of work um, you know and I think we will see that yeah and, and I suppose off the back of that and and again I think it's important that we talk about where there are successes not just you know trust yeah. issues or, or problems that or as you say sort of negative headlines but where AI increasingly is used how, how do you think that might affect the impact of and the relationship between government and citizens have you, got, have you got a sense of it's maybe one for your AI ethicist as well to throw into when they arrive? But um, how do you see the relationship changing and, and AI impacting that? Yeah. So I love this question because it differs depending on who you ask, basically. So if you ask my family, if you ask my family what my job is, they would probably try and explain it as something, you know, scientific, maybe futuristic. You know, what is artificial intelligence? Um, I think that's a like a common misconception held by the general population about AI. I think I think more can be done, first of all, by the UK government, maybe through the national AI strategy, actually, to improve the general understanding of what AI is. Yeah. Firstly, you know, and dispel the myths around. Why, um, why is it why is it that every every story you see about AI has those white-faced humanoid robots I look know. like? This is not, I know. not where we're going. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yes. And actually, maybe we also feed into that. You know, I don't know why we always use those crazy alien imagery, yeah, yeah. you know, and robots and, you know, it's brains like, with wires coming out and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 But like, you know, that's not what AI is. And, I, and I'm sure actually anyone who's listening to this podcast will probably be switched yeah. on enough to understand that that's not what it is. You know, AI is. You know, if we're if we're being really simplistic about it, it's just 
powerful pattern detection, mm. you know, yes. that can help organizations be more efficient, you know, like reading large documents more quickly and summarizing the contents. Um, it's about just reducing repetition in business workflows. Mm. It's, you know, it's really similar to robotic process automation and other, you know, technologies in the automation toolkit. Yeah. Um, and it just involves, you know, simply understanding large quantities of data, you know, in different formats to help make a better decision. So there's no brains or robots really yeah. uh, involved. It's the actually... robot army is still not marching <laughs> over the horizon, as much yeah. as people hope it's happening. Yeah, but like on that basis, you know, with all that being said, therefore it should enhance the relationship between government and citizens because the purpose of it will actually to be to make public services more efficient more you know knowledgeable leveraging appropriate data that's held by those bodies and that you know it should be a force force for good um but you know all that being said citizens will want that technology to be responsible yeah. understandable sustainable yeah you know so what does that mean it means that the public sector need to build ai services that are human-centric you know, so humans involved in the process at every stage, um, you know, they need to build trust in AI. And we talked about it earlier, that means, you know, identifying positive use cases and actually promoting them and, and, and you know, counteracting the understanding currently of what AI is. Um, and then I think critically important, you know, to improving the relationship with government and citizens with the focus on AI is any AI services that we develop, I think we need to avoid them being poorly designed and poorly user tested um, ultimately to you know to avoid systemic harms because I think where you know you treat AI as, as a kind of standalone project and you don't treat it as a digital service and you don't you know bring in user testing you don't bring the user journey you know I think you're not going to get a good outcome basically and the other thing is you know you need to avoid poor governance and poor implementation that's why you know Kianos focus on all of that. Um, and I actually think we're quite uniquely placed because we are well established in government as a digital transformation partner. And we therefore treat AI as any other digital service. It's not unique, you know, and we follow the development guidelines set out by the government digital service. We involve user research, design, testing, governance, you know, and all these things ensure the sustainability of what we build, but also, you know, help improve as an outcome the relationship and the trust between government yeah. you know and the citizens that use the services yeah and i, I you've, you've you've touched on something there and i actually wanted to ask about how to what what foundations to build on if you like in terms of building an ai program that's effective but also ethical you know doesn't breach trust and so on so what are the areas that organizations you think should focus on if maybe maybe at the beginning phase you know, what do they need to build upon in order to make sure that they're building an effective and ethical AI program potentially? Yeah, so I think there's some differentiation to be made here between, you know, delivering an AI program and building an ethical program. So, you know, I'll answer it from the ethical lens. Mm. And I think there's a really extremely broad answer to that question that we won't be able to fit into the podcast. <laughs> but um Luckily, Kianos have a nicely summarized version of it okay. in, in, a re, yeah, in a research paper that we produced recently with Tortoise Media um, that provides a deep dive into kind of ethics and trust, relevant best practices. And I think it's actually really worthwhile going to find that. But at a high level, um, you know, important areas of consideration for, you know, an ethical program, fairness, you know, 
what do I mean by that? Ensuring that you're not reinforcing bias in your data sets. You know, if AI services are only as good as the data that they're trained on, you know, what is being done to mitigate the conscious and unconscious bias of the individuals who originally logged that data? Yeah. You know, to what extent will bias decisions be made without any recourse by data subjects to intervene or object? You know, how are you marrying up the demographic information with your operational data to ensure, you know, assumptions aren't being made with bias towards certain groups like white males? Um, so assessing bias and data, you know, is critical for any program. And, you know, Kianos also, it's, it's a, with a different lens, but we focus on bringing diversity into our teams, you know, to ensure that we have not just balanced experience, but also a diverse range of thought, yeah. you know, in all of our AI programs as well. Yeah. Um, so just, there's a couple more. <laughs> How long have we got? No, no, so, get, no this is, this, <laughs> these are things people need to hear. So if, they, if they're starting out on this journey, that they're obviously going to focus on the right areas. Yeah. And like the other one's accountability. Um, and looking at how AI services impact end users. Um, and what I mean by that is that, you know, I mentioned it earlier, it's critical that you undertake user research as part of developing any AI program. Like you need to understand who the end user is, what their challenges are before you even begin to, you know, start to, to consider developing an AI service. And I think as part of that, you should be thinking about applying an ethical framework um, that has moral considerations, you know, and working to understand how the long lasting, the long lasting impact of any service and, you know, as it runs. Um, the other one probably just to say is um, privacy. Um, so safety is kind of built into everything that we do, but it starts from understanding what data that you need access to, um, to understand the problem domain. So not getting access to all data, but only relevant data. Um, understanding if we need access to the full data set or maybe we can use proxy data to build the AI service, therefore our kind of safeguarding, you know, the citizen data and, you know, ensuring whatever decision is made there, it's clear and explainable, yeah. you know, particularly as we hand back a service to our public sector clients, they understand it. They understand the privacy considerations. Um, and probably just the last one then is just inclusion. So this is really important to me. Um, making AI services inclusive to all you know, including the broadest range of citizens as possible to be able to access and test it. And this is why user research is so important, you know, and, and two is assessing then a broad enough data set to ensure that the service that we develop is taking a fair approach and considers all demographic backgrounds. And um, so, you know, there's lots, yeah. there's lots there, you know, and um, like I said earlier, we have a framework that effectively considers all of these things. And, you know, there's a lot of guidance out there as well in terms of the national AI strategy, which summarizes it in a really concise way as well. Yeah. Well, that's a great run through some of those foundational pieces that, you know, really clear where to focus and build on the right, on build on the right ground, as it were. So you mentioned that you've obviously, you know, some, some fairly celebrated examples of, of introducing AI in public sector. And I suppose, Having played through some projects with organizations, research, other other examples, I suppose I wonder if there's certain sort of top tips, which might sound a bit glib, but you know, go to issues or challenges that you see recurring that you can flag for people now to say, these are some of the things you might always want to have front of mind. These are some of the ways to overcome those common challenges uh, so that they don't have to repeat the mistakes of previous pro projects, share the best practice and so on. Yeah. Okay. So 
this isn't this isn't a, an official tip, but I'll say this at the start. And I still have three after that. <laughs> so the first thing is just uh, you know read the national AI strategy. <laughs> you know it's a really good foundational starting point to understand a lot of the considerations you know for an AI program of work. Um, and Bayes and DCMS and the Office for AI recently released their update to the National AI Strategy, which is the AI Action Plan. Um, and it's a really digestible document that kind of sets out the key, key considerations and also a bit of an update in terms of where they are with it. Um, you know, so go find that. Um, so first tip, I think, is, you know, build your internal capability and understanding of, of artificial intelligence. And I mean, either in-house, you develop those skills in-house. Um, or through partners, you know, or, you know, in a, in a hybrid model where you're developing services with your own team and a partner. And that's typically how we do it, in, you know, with Kianos clients. Um, so capability, first thing, I think, secondly, you know, take responsibility for governing effectively, you know, don't just assume that it will be fine. Um, I think that, you, you know, establish an AI governance framework, which I mentioned previously, you know, develop practical tools and standards you know make, make sure that you if you are working with a partner that they also have you know those mm. frameworks and tools as well and can offer best practice you know for you in that space and then I think the last one which is probably the most important is you know prepare yourself for data transformation um, you cannot do AI off to the side it will not be successful you know you need to build an understanding of the data landscape in your organization, you need to under, identify what needs to be undertaken to prepare your organization for data transformation to become AI ready. And, um, you know, and I always say this when people ask me, an AI program should really start life as a data engineering program, mm -hmm. you know, to make sure that the data is accessible. And, yeah. you know, uh, and that, that's, you know, th they're my kind of three top tips. Fantastic. I mean, at the risk of probably triggering a conversation that should be a podcast on its own what what does what does ai and data ready organization what what, what are the key features of that yeah no it's a it's a it's it we could talk about that forever yeah. you know and what we're seeing in the public sector is you know procurements that are you know called like data transformation partner you know that's very vague what does that mean you know it means actually that I would say public sector departments are, are realizing, you know, that they their data is held in systems all over the organization, you know, maybe in some other organizations, they actually can't physically access it. You know, so it's I think becoming AI ready means setting out a strategy, you know, for data in your organization, setting out governance guidelines, and then getting to work on making your data accessible. Um, you know, clean, usable in one centralized place. It sounds simple. I've just summarized it in a sentence, but it's incredibly <laughs> difficult oh, yeah, if you think imagine. of all the disparate technology yeah. systems. So I think going through that process yeah. and then speaking to your, you know, your citizens, your users, understanding what the business challenges are. You know, once you have all of those things in place, you know, you're ready to start to look at an AI program. Fantastic. There you go. That sets it out pretty clearly. So that's, again, that's super helpful. So yeah, we're, we're kind of coming up towards the end, but um, obviously looking ahead to, to the Government Data Summit itself. I'm curious, I suppose, what what are you looking to share with our with our audience? And then also flip side of that is what are you looking to hear from them uh, in terms of their thinking, their current activity around AI and ethical AI? Yeah. 
Yeah, so look, I think it's I think you're absolutely right. It's it's going to be kind of hopefully a two way conversation. Um, you know, I think we have a lot to share as a partner to government in terms of lessons learned. You know, I mentioned before, we are the strategic data partner to a number of, you know, the largest, you know, organizations in UK government. And, you know, I think we can offer insights into some of the challenges that we face and, you know, getting them AI ready, you know, best practice approaches, how to get started, you know, how we can help them. But, you know, conversely, I think it's a different story in every department. And, you know, I think that I have a lot to learn, particularly in terms of where, other, you know, organizations have got to on their journey, you know, what skill sets they have, what do they need, what are the challenges they see? And I think it's, you know, we only have one piece of the picture and I'd love to see the rest. Absolutely. Yeah. That sharing, I mean, there is a great spirit of collaboration in the public sector, but there's always more and some and, and not always the opportunities. So hopefully people are coming on the day ready to share, ready to be open about where they're at, what their challenges are, share best practice, share ideas and so on. And, and you know, everybody rise up together in terms of their capability in this area. That's that's the plan. So we're looking forward to it. Um looking forward to hosting you and Kanos uh, on the day. Uh, but I guess as we as we sort of come up against time. All that remains for me to say, Ruth, is thank you so much for joining me for that conversation. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you. So there we have it. My thanks again to Ruth for joining me for that conversation, exploring ethical AI and for sharing some of those use cases and also some of those key foundational pieces for government agencies who are looking to build AI into the way they operate and enhance services for citizens. As we mentioned, Ruth and Kanos are hosting the discussion table on ethical AI at the forthcoming Government Data Summit, 20th of October at Church House in Westminster. If you'd like to join 100 of your DDAT peers to discuss the way data is informing the future of government delivery, then just follow the link in the show notes attached to this episode to start your application process. That's about it for now, but we'll be back soon with another conversation with the public sector changemaker. Until then, goodbye.